It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. And now, Artific Weekly. I'm actually recording. I've been trained well by Ryan. (laughs) So even though Ryan is in Ireland, and even though I almost said Ryan was in Alaska for some reason, (laughs) even though Ryan is in Ireland, we're still doing his practices here at Pokemon. Yes. And we have been trained. (laughs) When is he coming back? I don't even know. (laughs) Somebody, somebody. He'll actually be back by the time it airs. I can't talk and type at the same time. <laughs> Neither can I. Oop, we lost Scott again. You guys have to help me keep an eye on Scott. Only says they sell ginger beer in our town. I don't believe her. I um obviously I read the one I wrote when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't review your own fic for the podcast? I remember what I wrote. <laughs> we just kind of have to absorb the general osmosis of the Halloween stories. I am still hearing nothing. But okay. we can hear you. you. Can, but- Daniel and Ryan, Daniel and Ryan, all the time. I'm like, oh, these people. And every time I put Puffwell on, they're like staring at me from the banner. And I'm like, I wish I could remember how to change the banner. <laughs> I can't remember what the banner's oh, called. Yeah. I, like a couple of times I felt that Daniel and Ryan are like, the, the one on the right, they're like staring into my soul. They're staring at you, aren't they? <laughs> I'm like, I like feel like if I'm doing something like right now, I'm just like stubbing my face with candy. And I feel like I have to like cover them so they're not looking at me disprovingly. Voldemort came across the kids trick-or-treating. I remember. They didn't trick-or-treat at Hogwarts, but they trick-or-treated. There was trick-or-treating going on. I've been talking on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Three Halloweens ago, two kids showed up on the doorstep and I'm like, well, I actually don't have anything to give you because no one goes trick-or-treating here. But like sometimes community groups, they will organize and do it, but um, it's not a widespread big thing. 
it's not the right season here. It's the same with, with Yule. You know how Yule is associated with Christmas because of the pagan and everything? Well, it's actually not Yule here. Yule here is in July because it's associated with the seasons and they're, they're upside down. I think that's why it's never become a big thing. So at Christmas time, do they not sell those those cakes shaped like new logs? Yeah. <laughs> Christmas has survived intact a Northern Hemisphere tradition because the British celebrate Christmas a lot more than they celebrate Halloween. Uh, they don't celebrate Halloween as much as Americans, so Halloween didn't filter through, but Christmas has. No, it's associated with Christmas so much they sing it here for Christmas. Sleigh bells ring, in the lane, snow is Seriously, it's not even winter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the extent of Halloween. Last year, I remember the Toys R Us catalogue had like little plastic buckets in the shape of pumpkins, and there was a Cadbury's display at came out yeah. with um, spiders on it. But that was pretty much the extent of it. And I don't know personally anyone who had a Halloween party, but some people do. I get to go to a Halloween party this year. Same one I went uh-huh. to last year as a podcaster. And I had my costume all planned out. And the invitation came and said, you must dress Christmassy. <laughs> the kids sometimes will do like the week of Halloween and make a bat art or something, you know, with bats or pumpkins or something. But for Christmas, they'll spend the last four weeks of term decorating, making Christmas decorations, and they'll put up trees in the classroom. And they just talk about festivals because they're being politically correct. So they'll cover usually Halloween briefly. This peppermint patty is good. It's shaped like a pumpkin, and they even colored the filling orange. A pumpkin peppermint patty. How do you make a peppermint patty shaped like a pumpkin? Well, they can make it shaped like a circle. They can make it shaped like a pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, true. (laughs) You would think it would look weird if it was orange and stuff. Yeah. Well, it does look weird, but it tastes good. What did you do, Scott? So I took my headset, plugged in the microphone plug and the audio plug right next to each other, which is the right way to do it, except... The audio plug is really on the other side of the microphone plug. I was trying to plug it in line in or something, so it didn't work. You know what they do have at Dairy Queen? They have a pumpkin pie blizzard, and it's good. Mm, that sounds pumpkin good. Pumpkin pie blizzard? What's that? It's pumpkin-flavored ice cream with bits of pumpkin pie crust in it. Why would you eat pumpkin-flavored ice cream? That's disgusting. <laughs> it's not a taste like a pumpkin pie. Well, I like pumpkin pie, but ice cream? I don't like it's... pumpkin pie. Aww. Yeah, um, like that pumpkin pie ice cream? Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. Aww. It was, it was delicious. Ice cream? Oh, it's so good. It was so good. This is one. just the weirdest holiday ever. We grew special uh, pumpkins to make into pumpkin pie. And uh, my mom wants to try to figure out how to carry one on the plane so she can take it to my brother's for Thanksgiving so she can make a pie from scratch. Can't she get one at your brother's? It won't be one she grew with love. Uh, I was just looking on my Facebook and one of my friends, she's Australian, is roasting a pumpkin in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa, are you going to be Ryan? Yeah, that's my job right now. Does 
like an ice cream cake made of pumpkin ice cream. It's right there. It's very strange. Yeah, I'm looking for a Dairy Queen because I'm going to look for a Dairy Queen. Welcome back to Weekly. Something strange in the neighborhood. Who you going to call? I'm P.S. I'm Melinda. I'm Sue. <laughs> oh, that was pathetic. Well, I live in Massachusetts, not Minnesota. What? I used to look at the Dairy Queens to buy just Yeah, I'm selecting my state, and I'm looking for the nearest Dairy Queen. I don't think Dairy Queen delivers so, P.S. But I can't find one. Do they not have them? Where are they? Do you know where the nearest one is? <laughs> the nearest one is just um a block and a half away from me. <laughs> Everything apparently. If you know where a Dairy Queen is, listeners, pumpkin <laughs> pie blizzard. I still think that the ice cream is going to be the most ridiculous pumpkin flavored thing I've ever heard of. Ever. It's not bad, really. Don't lie to me. So, Sue is going to a Halloween party this year. What are you going as, Sue? Well, I, I guess I'm going as a reindeer because I've been told I have to dress in a Christmas costume to get in. Do you have to bring pumpkins? I don't know I'm if I should bring pumpkins is- or candy canes. It's very confusing to me. I'm, I'm starting to associate Halloween with pumpkins, that's all. See, I don't know because I'm yes. Australian. So yes, pumpkins are pumpkin huge everywhere. right now. You Just- carve pumpkins for Halloween. You carve them to look like things. And you put, them and you your- put, you put lights in them, this is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Candles. Okay. What do you do with the inside of the pumpkin? Do you turn it into pumpkin-flavored ice cream? Throw the you cut inside off the away. top, and then you scoop out the insides and throw them away. Or no. you can do whatever you want with them. you got to roast um, the, the seeds. The seeds. I do like the roasted seeds. Yeah, me too. Is there a special pumpkin that you carve? It depends upon what ones? kind of pumpkin you get. Like, you can get big round oh. ones or tall skinny ones. That that depends upon the kind of face you want to carve into it. And you can get white ones that are really cool. White pumpkins. Here's another one. Yeah. Here's another we get jacket. blue ones here. Have you ever had a blue one there? Um, blue. The ones that we grew for the pie pumpkins this year are kind of a bluish green. They're called yeah. Hubbards. Yeah, we have... Queensland blue pump. They're awesome. Here's one where they did something with the insides. Look at this one. P.S. is showing just now. Hey, that is the one on the the HP Halloween live journal com that I found yesterday. So we, that's a great segue, P.S. There you go. That's the image on the HP Halloween com. Did anyone read any of the fix on there? I don't. Not on that one. I read some other fix that were elsewhere. I read a couple on there, and I have to say, I was disturbed by the uh, the one that I um accessed. I think I thought I was clicking on something else because it was um Snape and Lupin Emperor. Excuse me, sir. Where's Professor Lupin? That's not really your concern, is it, Potter? Suffice it to say that your professor finds himself incapable of teaching at the present time. Ooh. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, 
Remus was carving a pumpkin and Snape was rubbing his belly watching I'm him. I'm not going to make a rule that we don't have to do MPREG on the podcast ever. I'm not suggesting that anyone read it. I'm just saying I stumbled into the MPREG one and it was disturbing. However, I, there's a there's it's a drabble exchange. Now I've got a white one. Where is this? Where is this? <laughs> <laughs> I put a link somewhere. But um, yes, I read a, a couple of Snape, others. And, yeah, pregnant one is Snape. I read a couple of the others. Um, I was a bit more careful about looking at pairings and so on. <laughs> I stumbled on that one. But there was a really cute one about Victoire's Boggart. James was uh, basically just trying to trick her. He thought it was something. And I can't even remember what it was, but it was a really nice sort of family one where he was um, being a typical cousin, a typical boy, and she was really embarrassed. I think she was afraid of unicorns or something. <laughs> so I thought that one was kind of cute. So there's some really cute um, little sort of drabbles and little ficklets. And it's going again this year. They're doing the exchange, so they're coming out on Halloween. So there's a couple of years there you can read already, and there'll be new ones for 2009. So that's pretty cool. Most of them were fairly good. Either they're gen fix or they're kind of odd pairings. I don't think there were any that yeah. were canon pairings, but... No, there was a Ron Hermione one at some point. Oh, I didn't read them all. Fail, 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 fail. It's the one where they... In the, okay, in the Snape and Lupin one, they're ta- they yeah. said, how about Samhain? We could tell people it's shortened to Sam. So that's so it sounds like the author thought it was pronounced Samhain. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yep. But there are some other Halloween fics. I like the one with Moaning Myrtle. That was fun, Moaning sitting at Myrtle, Myrtle and Crab. This is the Margaret's yes, one. The same, okay, that was the St. Margaret's one. That was awesome. That was for the Catch My Snitch October prompt death day party. Yes, yes it? it was. I hadn't realized that. I had read it. Myrtle sends Harry and Ginny invitations to her death day party every year because she still has a crush on Harry. I thought that was really cool. I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought of Myrtle yeah. having a death day party before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she hasn't been the partying type, really. She's been yeah, most of her time. Yeah, she's not a real girl. Plus, she doesn't like to be reminded that she's dead. That's true. Who would want hey, to be reminded they're dead? But I did like day pairing day. in this one. I did like the way they, they ended Aww. up pairing. I, I love thought it. Was funny. I love it. At the end, how that Judy set her up with um, <laughs> crab, crab, yes. <laughs> the mystery man, <laughs> Mister Mystery. Yeah, I like that one. I think what I liked about it was that it was um, like we associate death day parties with Halloween, so it was sort of Halloweeny, but not very Halloweeny, which is good for me because I'm not very Halloweeny. Because mm-hmm. I don't know about Halloween. <laughs> I don't do it. I guess so. if you died on Halloween, your death day party would be on Halloween. But. Right. And isn't that when Nick's death day party is? Yeah, yeah. Nick, that's when Nick, Nick's death Nick died on Halloween. Nick died on so. Yeah. He has the headless hunt ride through his... I like I that one, one for Pottercast. Yes. That they read, yes. where Harry's telling a story about the headless horseman, and it comes to life. Wasn't that spellcast? Yeah, that was the spellcast one. Nick ends up battling the headless horseman and gets his last half an inch of neck chopped through. So then he can go join the hunt. The, yes, the headless hunt. So, you know, how is that even possible? That. I mean, even like well, because he was battling the headless horseman. So did you read that None one? Of yes. Spells I read the headless horseman like Ichabod Crane and the headless horseman. It's a play on that that was done last year on Spellcast. And basically, Harry's telling the uh, younger kids the story of Ichabod Train and a portal opens up and they kind of go through and it turns out that they're where the Headless Horseman is. And he kind of charges through them and into Hogwarts. 
And so Ron and Harry charge after him on brooms and try to stop him. Everyone else is at a Halloween ball, and Harry didn't want to go because he doesn't like Halloween. So he's stuck babysitting the kids, but he was having fun until this headless horseman charged in. Now they're wreaking havoc in the great hall where all the whole stuff is. Yeah, nothing that they're throwing at him stops him. None of the curses and jinxes that they're doing can stop him. So they ask the ghosts if there's anything they can do. And so the ghosts get in on it and they're able to stop him. I've never read The Headless Horseman. I listened to that Spellcast one. Yes, I bet I you did. I don't remember it. I don't remember it, and I didn't read it. I know The Headless Horseman exists in, like, other legends and stuff, doesn't it? In story, yeah. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I've never read it. Is that a Halloween story? Mm, I guess. I don't Is know. It, um, Is it just a ghost? Yeah, I'm not sure it started out as one. It's a ghost story. They just wanted to scare him. Go on. The Baron gave a truly hair-raising battle cry as he charged the Headless Ghost, engaging it in combat. He seemed to be having an effect where the Gryffindor spells had not. Drawing an, oh, I don't know this word, Ikor? Ikor? From where his blade made contact. Nearly Headless Nick showed why he was a Gryffindor as he fearlessly waded in, cutting at the horse's hocks while the Baron engaged the rider. The horse gave an almighty scream. The tall, dark ghost grabbed the surviving pumpkin head, popped it on top of his neck stump, and turned to face the two swordsmen, eyes holes glowing green. And somehow in the process of all of this, which I haven't, still haven't found, Nick's head gets completely severed. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Severus has backed everyone else into the, a corner while they're watching them duel. As the horseman attempted to decapitate Nick, who cleverly let his head flop to one side, the horseman's blade swished through the suddenly empty space, only to catch on the remaining piece of sinew on Nick's neck, severing it with a twang. And then the baron manages to defeat him. But he isn't a piece of sinew, he's a piece of ectoplasm, because he's a ghost. Yeah, well, so is the horseman, is the idea. Oh, see, I missed that part. (laughs) It was conjured up by accidental magic by one of the first years listening to Harry's story, it turns out. That's why only the ghost can... And now he can join. Ah, oh, now I get it. And of course, Severus turns to the the trio, wanting to know how this got there. And and they're like, I don't know. And find out about the accidental magic. And then he turns and says, "Okay, now you have to clean all this mess up without magic." Merlin, he hated yeah. parties, especially the aftermath. I think Snape would hate Halloween. I Snape think so. Everything. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Snape the Grinch. That is a lot more inventive than the bat or vampire I was thinking of last day. <laughs> That's a bit cliche, isn't it? I was going for clown for Snape. <laughs> you would be the one that comes out at Pavani in the Christopher Azkaban movie, out of the bucket. That's a scary clown. That is a scary clown. <laughs> He did go as a clown. It's because Dumbledore forced him to. And all his robes fluorescent. I was just trying to get as far away from Snape-like as I could. And clowns seem to do it. I think clowns are pretty terrifying anyway. A lot of people do. I don't get that because I find clowns quite entertaining. Yet many people find them scary. Yeah, it's the makeup. It's like getting into Uncanny Valley territory. Uncanny Valley? What? The Uncanny Valley hypothesis holds that when robots and other facsimiles of humans look and act like real humans, it causes a response of revulsion among human observers. 
And it's like, oh. if you have, like, like a, a robot that's, like, not human enough, it's cute. But if you have something that is, like, looks almost human, but there's just a little something wrong, it's scary. So, <laughs> like, all the people that run screaming from Data. Right. Yeah. Are you watching Star Trek? Yeah. Humans are <laughs> instinctively wired Except, to recognize you know, other humans. I did not know, I don't that, know. that was the thing. I'm not really afraid of clowns in general, but uh, some of the ones where they're actually trying to have scary clowns because the people on the show are afraid of clowns or whatever. Some of those are creepy. I wonder if there's any kids out there who are afraid of Ronald McDonald. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. When you think about it. Of anybody in costume, I remember when my little boys were little, they would go for anything, like went up to Storyland up in New Hampshire, which is this big fantasy, you know, all these books. They loved the pirates. They loved the bad guys. Anything that you would think would scare a little kid, they loved. But then what were they terrified of? We went up to Cinderella's castle, and there's like this little 17-year-old high school girl dressed in the long ball gown, blonde hair, pulled up, little Cinderella thing. They screamed and hit me behind my legs. They didn't want anything to do with Cinderella. She terrified him. It's just <laughs> really. <laughs> it was hysterical. It's like, how can you be afraid of Cinderella? No. <laughs> She's got cooties. Cooties, cooties. I did that to a three-year-old once. I did not know that they were terrified of clowns. And I had asked the child to go close the classroom door. And just as they got to the classroom door, someone dressed as a cow came around the corner for some random thing. I don't even know why they were dressed like a cow. And yeah, and this child was in hysterics for the next hour because they were there at the same time and just freaked this poor kid out. I worked for Warner Brothers for a little while as Bugs Bunny. Oh, fun. It's funny the different reactions of kids. Like some were, you know, all into it and others wanted no part, wouldn't come anywhere near you. Mm -hmm. Like I had one kid came up and punched me in the stomach. (laughs) And then I had this other little kid and he brought me a little toy carrot and gave it. It was the cutest thing, but it was just, it was really funny the different reactions to all of them. It was a fun job. It sounds like a fun job. Um, My kids have never been bothered by people in costumes. Seen massive Bob the Builders, Dorothy the Dinosaur. They've never been bothered by them. I don't think I was ever afraid of like Mickey Mouse or Santa Claus or things. Oh, I used to have screaming at Santa Claus when they were a bit younger. Oh, we go through a desensitization program <laughs> the month before Christmas. <laughs> we will. Because I'm obsessive about Santa photos. So the month before we walked past Santa for a week, I'd go to the shops frequently just to go visit Santa. One year, when I had a one-year-old and a two-year-old, it took all month, or nearly two months, all of November, all of December, and I finally got the photos taken on the 23rd of December. Wow. (laughs) Because it just took that long and in the year before that I'm actually in the photo because my 18 month old still wouldn't do it and I had been pregnant so I couldn't take her as much and the baby was a week old so Santa refused to hold the baby because I was too little and my 18 month old wouldn't go near him so I'm in there and I'm wearing this ugly purple t-shirt and they're all dressed up in pretty Christmas dresses and I'm like Photos just ruined because I'm stuck in the thing. <laughs> Santa wouldn't even hold the baby, you know. Aww. There's one where we tricked my son. Like I sat next to Santa and sat him on my knee and we distracted him with a teddy bear and then I sort of swiveled him into the photo so he didn't know that he was near Santa. <laughs> but they're all fine with Santa now because they worked out. They get on to the concept that, oh, wait a minute, he's the dude in the gifts. Then they're, they're pretty yeah. quick to get up there and give them their lists. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all caught up to it now. Although I think my oldest is caught on to the fact that he's not real. <gasps> Uh-oh. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, no, he really is. He, he is, yeah, yeah, he is. He's absolutely real. Absolutely. But this is not the Christmas podcast. This is the Halloween podcast. We're talking about the Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Harry Potter fix. I was going to talk about the Death Day ones because that's the prompt and catch message this month. Someone wrote one about planning a Death Day party for Fred. Mm, No, I haven't read that one. They were all getting all sad and morose about everything and everyone had all these conflicting emotions. But they were going to plan this Death Day party. I I thought Fred would appreciate a Death Day party. I I definitely think he would Mm -hmm. if he were. That's what I was thinking. That is an awesome use of the prompt. I guess I like fix that help George sort of heal because I, I worry about George a lot. <laughs> but I think I that's the kind that of thing. That, sorry? I, I noticed, noticed that, that your fic. I've been reading that recently. I'm on chapter 43. Everybody has jumped on this bandwagon. They're starting to read this fic. It's very bizarre. Jeff <laughs> started reading. because it's, it's finished Scott's now. Scott's done a bunch of bandwagon jobs. I like that one. And I guess I associate Death Day Parties with Halloween because that's what he Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of ghosts around and things like that, which is sort of a Halloween thing. One of the ones that we read had the Death Day Party. The which one? It was Having a Ball. It's Brian's one from the uh, ball a couple of years ago, the Halloween ball a couple of years ago, his prompt. But I, think I got, I got a kick one. out of um, there was a line in that about calling him a Hufflepuff at heart, but he, we weren't allowed to steal him from Gryffindor or something like that. I got a kick out of that since now Brian is actually a Hufflepuff. Yay! <laughs> and I like that he... Yeah, it was prophetic. Um, it was written in that Brian was the headmaster and he invites the ghosts to the party. And in the past, they've always been on patrol. They've had to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be and keeping kids out of the broom closets on all of that. And, and Ryan calls them all in and says, now, you know that you've been invited. You get to come as guests. And they're like, Really? But we're ghosts. And he's like, no, really, everybody gets to come. And I thought that was really nice. And then at the end, they he's have a party for all Nick. All the professors that were there at the time, because um, Richard is head of Gryffindor House, which I believe he was at that point. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That was right when I joined Puffa, I think, because the Halloween ball. Yeah, that was the first I remember the first when you showed up. I remember the early days of Keza. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember? Now I'm curious. I don't know. I just remember this, that someone from Australia appeared, and I thought it was interesting. Oh, that's right. I was a novelty. <laughs> well, it's the Australian. You're still a novelty, Kesa. <laughs> I'm still a novelty. <laughs> you learn things every day. It's absolutely fascinating. Like what? There's no Halloween here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another theme in this particular Brian's having a ball is um, Nick getting his head removed. So that seems Everybody to kind of be to a fix Nick, don't yeah. They? It's a reoccurring so thing. Feel bad for him. So obviously that's what he wants. It's, it's never going to happen. So in a lot of fix, you know, you just everything's going to be all that neat, nice and neat at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, what would be really cool is if in the final battle at Deathly Hallows that Nick got his head fully cut off uh, in all the all the madness. But I just think because the fact that he's not alive anymore, that I mean, even if you tried to cut it, it's not really there. Your hand would just go through it. So I don't think it's possible. Well, in this one, they decide that they're. I can't remember exactly what the premise was, but something happens and they find out that it might be possible. Oh, because they find out how he's revived after the basilisk. Because everybody else was able to take the potion. Brian asked the question, how did Nick get revived? Because 
he obviously couldn't drink the potion. He's a ghost. And so it came out that um, Madame Pumphrey had kind of made it into a mist and he sort of absorbed it. And so they thought, well, if that works, could there be some way to make a potion that would make him corporeal enough, maybe? I don't quite know how, but somehow make him so that they could cut that last little piece off make him real enough for a minute or whatever. I thought it was an interesting idea because no one ever really thought about that. How did Nick get revived if he couldn't swallow the potion? I was going to say, I thought they could eat, they just couldn't taste anything. But then I realized I'm not, I'm thinking of the vampires in Twilight. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just kind of passed through the food. Yeah, that's why it's rotting at the death day party. Because if it smells heavily <laughs> enough, they can get a little bit of it as they pass through. I would hate to lose taste. I say as I dig into my candy corn. (laughs) (laughs) It makes a certain sort of sense because taste is kind of tied up with all the other senses. So if you don't have a sense of touch, particularly if you don't have much of a sense of smell, you won't have a sense of taste either. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you need sustenance to live. You're not alive. Because he had been born without a sense of smell, his vision was twice as good as a normal human, and I never believed him. How would you know that it was more than somebody else's? That doesn't make sense. And look, he insisted that he had, like, 20, 40 vision or whatever. I suppose if you had an optometrist test it. I don't think they measure it like that. Oh, I don't know. My vision is particularly bad, so what would I do? My <laughs> vision was so bad they don't even measure it. It's like... I'm practically blind without my glasses. I wonder how blind Harry is. I've always wondered that. As someone with a vision problem, I've always wondered how bad Harry's vision is. But you never really find out. You just know that he wears glasses, but it's never really described. No, Hermione commented once that it was really bad when when she was transformed into him in Deathly Hollows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's, he, doesn't it say things like, you know, he wakes up and he's he's got to grope for his glasses because he can't see them. He really has to grope for them more than just look for them. That's what I do every morning. <laughs> I can't see my glasses. So, <laughs> I can't see mine. It's a general wake-up thing because I know mine are always on the bedside table and I don't, you know, it's just kind of a waking up, blindly reaching for them. It's not even necessarily a can't see. It's just a... God forbid I ever take mine off for a reason and somehow maneuver away from them because I can't find them. So, <laughs> I'm not that bad. Got rimless ones, they're even harder knock, to see. Knock them on the floor while you're groping for them, and then it's like, oh, now i got to find them blind. Oh, <laughs> it's awful. I'm not that bad. So, <laughs> which other fiction we talk about? <laughs> even though I know it's not a Halloween one, I think we do need to talk about the Deathly Hallows in interview because that is really funny. It is very funny. I thought we were going to touch on how Halloween relates all through canon, too. Yeah. Significance of Halloween. Well, that's what you guys did in the first one. Do you remember any of that? Oops, no, never mind. You had lots of good points, Melinda. I remember that. <laughs> I can't even remember what I did more than you. <laughs> that's sort of what comes up well, in the that was on the there, so we again. All the reasons that Harry has to hate Halloween, but because... Yeah. Everything bad always happens on Halloween. I mean, there's a couple of different things that are good. It doesn't. I'm back. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you've been talking about because I have been trying to shoot my husband out of the kitchen where he is rattling every plastic bag, shuffling really. He shuffles like an old man and he can hear. So, what are we talking about? We are talking (laughs) about Halloween. Yes. I know we're talking about Halloween. (laughs) 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 Are we talking about fixed yet, or are we still talking about eyes? Halloween in canon. Oh, okay, good. 
Yes, I can do that. Okay, take it away, Keza. Oh, oh, if I mean. Well, obviously, Canon starts on Halloween. Brilliant! I was saying earlier, I think Snape hates Halloween. I was thinking, this is what I was thinking, about the characters' reactions to Halloween. And I may not be right, but I would say Snape hates Halloween. But as Melinda said earlier, he hates everything. So I don't know that we can count that. But I don't think Lupin would particularly like it. And I think it would depress Sirius as Mm -hmm. well. Even though most of the Wizarding world would see it as a cause for celebration, I think that Sirius and Lupin would have very different attitudes towards Halloween. They wouldn't necessarily, they'd be torn. A lot of fics have Harry, you know, all of a sudden hate Halloween, but in canon he never really did. Well, you know so, what I was thinking? so distant. He had no memory of that. But Lupin and Sirius, exactly. their lives really exactly. changed and they would have a memory of that happening. So mm-hmm. I that. think Harry could learn to hate Halloween in a sense, but he wouldn't have come to hold what's happening Halloween because I don't think he, he didn't know during his childhood that that's when his parents had died. So I don't think he'd have an inherent dislike of Halloween. I'm sure the Dursleys never let him, if Dudley went trick-or-treating, Harry didn't get to go or or get to dress in a costume or anything. Yeah. And he, yeah. didn't, he wouldn't have had any negative connotations or notions with it. Hey, what would Dudley be allowed to dress as for Halloween? Like, I don't think he'd be allowed to dress as, like, a wizard or anything. I think that... Um, no. He would probably have to be, like, like normal things, like a, like a superhero or something, not anything, like, yeah. associated with scary Halloween. Dress up as a video game character. funny Halloween. Let his parents see, and then something entirely different once he's outside. But all these store bought, Junior wouldn't yeah. make, make a costume, it would all be store bought. And if they had a Halloween parade at school, I don't know if they have Halloween parades, but we have Easter ones sometimes and Christmas ones. So if they had a Halloween parade at school, I bet like Dudley would have this super duper store bought costume, and Harry would have like a paper bag made into, you know, something mm-hmm. like, pathetic. I'd like a domino mask. <laughs> that Dudley should go to the Halloween party as a pig. As a what? <laughs> Pig. Oh, pig. Okay. <laughs> but um, this is what I'm thinking, that Harry wouldn't have an innate hatred of Halloween, but I think that after a while he could become annoyed with it. This is just how I, I look at it, how you could write a fig. He sort of becomes, not learns, but he de- develops a dislike of Halloween because it sink, sort of sinks in what happened and he's like, and he might get to some point in his life and go, hang on, this is a crap day. And, like, he might go through a phase or a stage where it's a rubbish idea, even though that's not how he started. He's all fine with it. But I think he would go through a phase where he just goes, oh, you know, that's just how I feel. Yeah, I don't particularly feel like celebrating today, knowing what, what yeah. happened. Yeah. That, I think that he would get to that point where everyone around him is celebrating. It's Halloween and blah, blah, blah. And he'd be going, <laughs> you know, because I've been through phases like that where you associate something and you change your tune on it or you, this year you're depressed about it or something. So I think there could be that, that he could develop a sort of a dislike or a distaste for it. Sort of what I did in my one rabble a couple of years ago, but it was uh, Remus on the Halloween after 1981. Everyone else is celebrating because it's Voldemort's downfall or it's Halloween and this is great. He's just sort of sitting at home going, everyone I loved died last year on this day. I think eventually he would sort of get over that. It would develop uh, over time. It would become less of a wrench, the contrast. But But he'd avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, He'd, he'd, you know, have something else to do. I don't don't think he'd ever really take part in any of the festivities. No, I don't see him going to a Halloween party at all. No. I don't think that he would. What would he go as if he was going to go? One. He would probably get roped into doing like a four-part costume with the other three members. Oh, what would they be then? James would still be alive then, so I, I think the Marauders would have loved Halloween. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse to prank people. people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could see him as the musketeers. but there were really four of them. Right. There were four musketeers. Yeah, and I suppose if they had some Muggle influence, you could always go as uh, the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> they went around then. <laughs> well, they've been around a long time. They were around when I was a kid. They went away for a while and then they came back. The Ninja Turtles okay. started. I thought they started in the war. Okay. Maybe I just remember them from the kids. as a werewolf just to throw people off unless they avoided it entirely but I could see Sirius dressing up as a werewolf Sirius could definitely be a and Ramus dressing up as a dog (laughs) 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 he would dress up as a dog Scooby Doo Scooby Doo Scooby Doo -doo. where are you Scooby Doo and Shaggy Uh, well Ramus could be Shaggy that'd be good Or better yet, the one from uh, Return of the Jedi with the little skimpy costume. Well, Lily could do that. 
I think I'd like to see Hermione in that little princess. I was just saying, I was, I was going to say Hermione. I mean, Hermione's the one who wears the bikini in every single scene. So. <laughs> <laughs> princess Leia princess in the girl bikini. Okay, I, I want you to know that I did make notes, and I have a list of people, and Hermione is Princess Leia on my list of uh, for my notes. So yes, I was I went there too. <laughs> we need a costume for Dumbledore. I didn't come up with one for Dumbledore. I came up with Minnie Mouse for Minnie. But I think it's funny that she would be a mouse as, mm-hmm. as a cat in Vegas. And I thought Flit would make a nice teddy bear. <laughs> he could also be Yoda. Oh, he could do Yoda. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Dumbledore should be Obi-Wan. Old Obi-Wan. The Force will be with you. Always. Oh, yeah. Or he could be Gandalf. <laughs> Big enough of a stretch. Yeah, Dumbledore's got to be something that's not something really. He could be Dumbledore. the clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he, Dumbledore. Snape could go as, like, you know, the clowns at the circus, how they always come out in pairs, and one rides the little car, and one's always trying to, like, do things to the other one and trick them and stuff. They could be like a pair of clowns. <laughs> I think I'd like, like to see Dumbledore in his purple suit, only dressed up as, like, a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> gangster door. <laughs> machine gun or something tucked inside his robe. <laughs> machine gun? <laughs> machine one. So speaking of who people dress up as in um, for Halloween, the, there's that fic. I don't even know what it's called. I wasn't paying attention. The fic where Ron and Harry go to each other. Yeah, I love that whole concept. It's the seventh I, chapter of, wait a minute, I've got it right here. Um, beginning of the end. Okay. Well, I read this chapter. And I have to say, I thought it was kind of lame but good that they went as each other. Like it sort of fit the character, it fit the piece. But I was, it was, and it was just sort of like that is so lame. But it was like meant to be sort of thing. Yeah, it like, was meant to be. And can't you? I can picture guys, and it's yeah. going to be a big Halloween party. It's always the girls really who get much more into it than the guys. And they, they spend weeks doing like throws together, absolutely last minute, but. Going yeah. at each other. I thought it was really a funny idea. I was like, oh, I can. So I kind of appreciated that angle, but I did have some issues with it, I must say, because I didn't understand a couple of things. For example, why Ginny didn't know what a gypsy was? Because a gypsy is a very magical, they're very magical and mystical gypsies. I'm like, I'm thinking there would be actual witches and wizards who were gypsies, and it's pretty common. So I didn't understand why Ginny didn't know what a gypsy was, and it had to be explained to her. I thought that was a bit off. But I liked the idea of her costume, but mm-hmm. I didn't buy that it transformed her magically into this, you know, really sexy creature, I thought. I mean, you got to think, all they ever see her is her in this big bulky robes. All of a sudden, you're wearing right. a sexy little gypsy outfit, and it's like, hey, wait, there's a girl under there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. I had not thought about it like that. But this is the thing. This is the Halloween bit, that they're in muggle studies, and they're talking about having a muggle Halloween. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I've never had a British Halloween, and I wish that we had a, an English person here to speak with us about <laughs> English Halloween customs. But it strikes me that in canon that Halloween, they had a feast, but they didn't necessarily do a lot of Halloween things, but that's because they don't in England, not because witches and wizards don't. Like, I don't think it's muggle customs versus witches and wizards. I think it's American customs versus English customs. Because they started having all this muggle Halloween, and I'm like, I don't think they do well, that. We talked about that a little bit too at, at the beginning, Keza, that in Deathly Hollows, 
there is a scene on the night that Voldemort's going yeah. to murder James and Lily where he comes upon the little muggle kid out trick-or-treating. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I remember that, that scene always creeped me out because it was just like the kid walked by so we thought about killing him and it was less, I don't know, I just that, I thought that was very creepy. Yeah, I guess I just didn't see why it was muggles versus witches and wizards because I'm thinking that witches and wizards would do the same Halloween things as muggles. Well, for one, it is the American-British divide thing. They also go with, they wouldn't do the same thing with people dressing up as witches because they already are witches. A lot of the perceptions of the various things that people dress up as wouldn't be the same. Because they've seen ghosts and ghouls and werewolves and they know what they actually are like. So they wouldn't necessarily dress up as those things. That makes sense. Uh, they would be like dentists and things because that would be scary to them. <laughs> 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 so what are vampires dress up as for Halloween? <laughs> Twilight vampires. <laughs> they get sparkly there's a user on youtube i can't remember what i was watching it was some toilet thing called skin of a disco ball instead <laughs> 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 of skin of a killer skin of a disco ball i thought it was so funny <laughs> But I was wondering if there are people out there who, who for Halloween, dress as Twilight vampires when they go to their parties and stuff. Do they use body glitter? (laughs) (laughs) They probably do that to go to book releases and movie screenings. Oh, that reminds me. I'm so peeved about this, right? I'm signed up because I buy tickets online from one of my local cinemas. I automatically get their emails, right, their newsletters. And I remember when I wanted to book my Half-Blood Prince tickets that there was no midnight screening because I was like, I would so go to a midnight screening and there wasn't one. The first one was 10 a.m. I was peeved, really, really peeved. I get an email recently for a midnight screening for New Moon. I'm like, what? Why did they get a midnight screening and Harry Potter doesn't? That's just wrong. Very, very, that's very unfair. And I am not going to the midnight screening of New Moon, so there. <laughs> I'm interested to see the movie, but, you know, they can wait a week for my money now. Just sorry. <laughs> I do not want to go to see a Twilight movie right out when it first comes out. Can you imagine the screaming teenage? Oh, oh yeah. That'd be awful. The first time I went to Twilight, it had been out like something like six weeks, and there was like two other people in the cinema. It was awesome. <laughs> I think that's how I'll go see them all. <laughs> If it came out on video. I never watched it. <laughs> I, ha- I was at a loose end one day. The kids went back to school. I hadn't started uni yet. So I was thinking, oh, oh I'd had the book. I got the book for Christmas. So I was like, yes, I'd, I'm interested in seeing the movie. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You know what you are. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. That makes more sense now why there might be a muggle tradition. You know, a lot of people talk about muggle this and muggle that, and they've overdone it, and it's not necessarily muggle, and they, they think the wizarding world is a lot more cut off from the muggle world than I think they are. Mm-hmm. That's just probably... I feel like it's like there's either the one extreme or the other. Like it's either the wiz- like the wizarding world has absolutely no concept of anything, and or they know too much. And I would actually prefer them not know anything than to have them know too much. 
because I always get annoyed in fix where like they're familiar with muggle writers and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one of my peeves too. It always irritates me. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why they wouldn't be familiar with muggle writers because a lot of them are muggle born. Right. But the fact that they don't know about, like, say, electricity and stuff makes me think that there's not enough cultural bleed through from the Muggleborns yeah, into I think the, the general wizarding, wizarding population. Themselves very separate. But for, with electricity, for example, that doesn't work around magic, so they don't experience it. Whereas a book, you can bring a book from the Muggle world into the Wizarding world and it doesn't affect it. So I think there would be more bleed through with things like books because. Like, for example, like, Dean brings his West Ham poster. Mm-hmm. So they could bring... But Seamus, Seamus still tries to get the players to move. I mean, Seamus's father is a muggle, and he still tries to get the players to move. What? I mean, his that father is, is a muggle, and he... <laughs> and, you know, and he still has no concept of still pictures. So I think... Yeah. Yeah, I think once there's, there's magic... In your like, like the half bloods, I think get more enmeshed in the visiting world rather than the muggle. Probably still enough of a stigma against muggle things that if you are going to have that if you have a half blood child, you are going to not really expose them too much to, to muggle culture. You can't be yourself in the muggle world because you can't. You have to be so cautious of not to do magic, not to do anything to give yourself away. It's almost like you can't really be yourself in the muggle world whereas in the wizarding world you can just flip back and be yourself so I think they would tend to to more and more even those muggle-borns would tend to leave it more and more we saw that happen with Hermione the wizarding world just like gradually pulls you away it, it, it sucks you in and then you feel like you have to adapt and you just kind of forget where you came from there can be compromise though like I was reading something recently I can't remember which where um Ted Tonks liked to do cooking the muggle way, so they would have a muggle stove in their largely wizarding house because uh, they like to keep up with doing things that way. Well, I'm sure there's trade-offs, but I mean, I'm speaking like in generalities. I think Hmm. that generally you'll have like muggle-borns marry into a purebug family and the kids don't really know that much about muggle stuff. Yeah, it depends on the family, but yeah. There's mm-hmm. sort of a, a leaning towards the wizarding world in general. Some of it could just be that they do learn some more muggle stuff at home, but they never have to apply it at Hogwarts, so it doesn't come up. Mm-hmm. That could be. Like, for example, like in Deathly Hallows, Ron, oh, what, what story is it? Is it Cinderella that Ron has never heard of in his life? Remember, because yeah, when they're when they're pulling out, no wider when they're pulling out, the Bard, Harry and Hermione try to tell him a normal fairy tale, and he's he's never ever heard of it in his life, and it's well, really when you consider, I mean, they have Flourish and Blot, so they have their own bookstore that's full with their own books that are obviously written by witches and wizards. So, so there's there's no need to read what the I mean, Muggle classics. The, the they have counterparts of their own in the Wizarding World, right? Yeah, so I, I agree with that. I'm saying, like, if, like, even the most basic form of literature, like Cinderella, hasn't crept into the wizarding world in any form whatsoever, I don't think you're going to find the wizards reading Shakespeare or being familiar with Shakespeare, you know? Yeah, I get that. I just think that there would be some aspects of the Muggle Halloween in that thing that would be transferable, like bobbing for apples. I don't know why the wizards wouldn't do that. 
Well, oh, yeah. I think that some, maybe games like that have translated. Like, for example, I don't know, because there's different things that JKR puts in the Wizarding World that are like muggle things, but with a, a magic twist. Mm-hmm. Like, it might be bobbing for apples, but it might be somehow magical. Well, in this fic, the bobbing, they did the bobbing for apples, but they made them so the apples bit back. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But I mean, like, straight cultural things, I don't think translate yeah i mean especially i mean like quidditch a game is a game i mean quidditch is quite like muggle so many muggle games with a you know get balls into a goal but it's played on broomsticks with things that magic affords like bludgers and i wouldn't be surprised if quidditch had started through somehow muggle born influence bringing in muggle games i can't remember but if through the ages maybe yeah it's never a, actually read the thing it's across the room oh, I, I, I can't I get to it. it i mean it's it's really vague about the origins. What I mean, like, it just it acts like they just spontaneously started doing it. <laughs> what would the twins go as? Good question. Oh, they would be something that matches, like Tweedledee yeah. and Tweedledum, except they wouldn't have read Alice in Wonderland. They'd, yeah, more savvy than that. <laughs> they would hex Crab and Goyle into Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yes, I can see that. I thought about court jesters, but that's too close. My first yeah. thought was the front and back half of a horse. You know, they'd have to work together. Either and it'd that be would just... be the back end. They would both refuse to do that. That's true. They could be something with, I don't know, six arms or something. So they both I get could to see them doing something do more creative, like coming as a cauldron, only with their heads popping out the the, the top, like somehow that they're being boiled in the cauldron or something something along that lines. Mm, yeah. Okay. My first instinctive thought was other twins, like something like Castor and Pollux. Then they can um, wear togas and pretend to be Roman gods. <laughs> <laughs> I could see them dressing up as women, too. They could come as Padma and Parvati. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought Charlie should be like a gladiator because he's not quite in oh, a towel, yeah. but close. Charlie is a gladiator in a towel. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bill could come as Indiana Jones, but that might be a little too close. I want to do something else. No, I think that's awesome. That's <laughs> that is awesome. good. <laughs> I didn't think of that one. I didn't think of much. Not really. And this one's my favorite. I think Neville should be Snape. <laughs> That's like the fig I read where uh, it's because of the theory they were having several years back. Ron comes dressed as Dumbledore and Dumbledore comes dressed as Ron. <laughs> hmm. That's cute. There was what some did I theory do that Dumbledore was really Ron come back Night in time King. after 100 years or something. I love Night to <laughs> yeah. King. Night to King. That's it. Ron could go as a chess piece. What's well, Night to King? That. Sorry. Plus man. It's a chess Night move. Night to King is this the theory that Ron and Dumbledore are the same person. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, like Dumbledore is a giant squid, one of those kind of things. No, it's actually really good. If you think about it in like the um, context of when it was written, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> Goes over my head. No, I think that all came when it was revealed. At some point, somebody, she must have said it somewhere that, that Dumbledore had, had had red hair or something like that. That was Yeah, it was that, that, and then there is... Chamber of Secrets. What about Chamber of Secrets? The, is that where the, it's See, that, the Dumbledore See, the memories, he has yes. red hair in the memories. When you go into Tom Riddle's diary, Harry's shocked because Dumbledore's standing there with auburn hair. Right. Instead of silver. Okay, right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. So that really makes him a wheezy. I read a fic once where Ron was like the heir of Gryffindor because Dumbledore was his great 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 grandfather or something. 
it would all be hidden for everybody's safety and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, How could Rod be the heir of Gryffindor? Wouldn't that be Bill? Well, yeah. they explained that some way, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How it could be Ron and not like one of his older brothers. And I remember that's like this really convoluted explanation that was well, Ron, though. They were all adopted. I've heard the explanation that it's like something about not the first child. It's like there's some magical numbers that Ron, you know... Ron is somehow magically, due to the circumstances of his birth, magically compatible with being Yeah, exactly. But I know that there's a fic out there where Ron is the heir of Gryffindor. I just I wouldn't know which one is. We I always too much. It, it was a common belief, too, that, that Jitty was some, the seventh child of the seventh child was going to be somehow a big deal, too, right? That that never right. came to be. Never came to be. Yeah. Except for in fan fiction. What about Luna? What are we going to dress Luna up as? Just go as herself. Yeah, I thought of a mermaid. I was thinking of the dress that she wears in Half Blood Prince and think she goes a Christmas ornament. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bring this back to Christmas, I was looking for the Night to King theory and I found this. A live journal thing. For those of us wondering... Uh, it's an adult content notice here. Adult content. It's not adult content. It's still Santa Claus. Always cute. Yeah. Ron is Santa Claus. I have come to the inescapable conclusion that Ron Weasley is not Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Startling evidence has come to my attention that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Ronald Billius Weasley is in fact Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus has five and brothers. He lives in a giant castle. Mail is oh, delivered by birds. This is great. <laughs> that is awesome. The truth is out there. The little icon, <laughs> Ron and Weasley. His <laughs> Santa. <laughs> that awesome. So that's who Ron would dress up as. Look at the one that this guy's a Dumbledore wannabe. If ever I've seen one, yeah. the um, the Witcher Warlock. That's what it was. So what movie is this? You'll recall, I'm sure, that the first time we see Ron and Cannon, he's got a smudge on his <laughs> His love interest is a bossy, bookish type. Hermione is Jessica. It's got Santa in his plane and it says he's even got a flying car. Flying car. <laughs> is it sad that I remember Mrs. Claus's first name from this movie? <laughs> Your name was Jessica, Mrs. Claus. I'm just scrolling down some of the comments. And there's one. With Lucius Malfoy dressed up with a tiara. I'm in the <laughs> icon. <laughs> I love how the people ask questions and she answers. Like, what about Ginny? Ginny had not been born yet at the making of this film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just amazed at this theory. Were there people who actually thought Ron and Dumbledore were the same? Like, seriously? Yeah. That wasn't like a crap theory. People actually thought it might happen no. in the books. I can't. I, I thought this, this could end up being. But see, I mean, I am the person who sat there going, "No, Harry's not a Horcrux." So that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Can like a person be a Horcrux? No, that's absurd. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, if a person were to touch themselves, <laughs> they would constantly be transported into different places. <laughs> a person can, however, be a Horcrux. What's uh, what's a Horcrux? I'm not even going to tell you, Harry. You'll find out soon. I cannot. Only in like the first couple of books, like and they had all this before, stuff, 
it, it made total sense to me at the time. Oh, there's one down here. The Treacle Tarts comment is, bravo, yes, Ginevra. Ron Weasley is Santa Claus. We're having a really hard time keeping this on Halloween. Here is the theory, the Night to King theory. So speaking of Halloween. Let's get off Christmas again. I think we need to be playing Jingle Bells or something. It's more spooky sounds and ghosty. But then they do all like um, the radio stations all day will be songs like um, Thriller, <laughs> Werewolves in London, oh, Werewolves in London, Monster Mash, He did the Monster Mash, the Monster Mash, and uh, all day long they'll play those. We sang Halloween songs, but I forget them. I'm the meanest, meanest pumpkin in the land. I'm all alone and everything is grand. Five little pumpkins sitting on a gate. The first one said, oh my, it's getting late. The second one said, there are witches in the air. The third one said, but we don't care. There's lots of finger plays and things. And the five little pumpkins sitting on fence. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. <laughs> and then there's always, you know, the story of the chocolate chip ghost. The what? what? The chocolate chip ghost. The mommy ghost has several baby ghosts, and they're only allowed to drink milk, and they're only allowed to eat vanilla ice cream because that's what ghosts are allowed to eat and drink. And one day, mama runs out of food, so she goes off and she tells them, don't eat anything, whatever you do. And one gets really hungry and eats a carrot and turns orange. And one gets hungry and eats a grape and turns purple. And the last one, who's seen all of his brothers and sisters turn all these vibrant colors, digs into the freezer and finds ice cream with little chocolate flecks in it. So he figures that won't hurt him. And he eats that and becomes the chocolate chip ghost. That's cute. It is cute. I have a question. Why are grapes purple? Because all the grapes I eat are we grow purple grapes. Well, there's red ones, but I've never seen purple ones. They're kind of a reddish tint, but if you juice them, I mean, grape juice is purple. I don't think there are purple There are grapes. actually purple grapes. They're grapes. Concord grapes. I eat green ones, and I've seen red ones, but I've never seen ones that really look purple. I like, well, here you go, Kessa. <laughs> I have found a picture of real purple grapes hanging on a real vine. Alright, let's see. And they, are, they look, they look just like cartoon purple grapes. Yeah, I have never seen grapes like that, ever. It's just bizarre. Never seen grapes like that. Are they real, real, um, grapes? Yes. Like, they are. Is that photoshopped? No, my grapes look like this, pretty much. What? What sort of grape is that? Well, it's like Scott said, Concord grapes. Wow. Oh, let me find a picture of real grapes. That's <laughs> very <laughs> great picture. <laughs> yeah, well, here's, here's all three grapes posing together. Isn't this cute? Uh, you know, because grapes are are standard for Halloween. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the Marauders could do. They could go as the Fruit of the Loom guys. Oh, that would be fun. 
<laughs> yeah, those purple grapes don't look as purple in that picture with the purple and the green and the blue. Not, not the blue, the red. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of the grapes are you looking at? Middle. Anyway, um, Halloween. Um, yeah. Halloween, yeah, let's see. Um, <laughs> what was the best Halloween costume you ever wore? Well, recently, I take in a bunch of my clothes from home and we stuff them and make a scarecrow at work. And then the night before Halloween, I'd take them home and then I'd wear them to school the next day. And usually we made the head out of a paper bag so I could wear the paper bag over my head and come in as the scarecrow that they had made. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's awesome. And then uh, when we lived in town, I would sit out on the porch with the candy in my lap and sit really still when people came up and they would think I wasn't real. And then when they'd reach for the candy, I'd grab them. God, I was traumatized. <laughs> I wanted those as a child. Yeah, well, so yeah, we had a person that did that too. was sitting there. And it would jump out at you and oh, that was the scariest thing ever. Yeah, and that happened to me as a kid and it really traumatized me. So I made sure I didn't do that to the little kids. I only <laughs> do that to the teenagers. We have a neighbor that used to like to sit in the lawn chair and grab arms. I think my brother, uh, I think he gave up on Halloween for a couple of years after one of those years. Yeah, when I grew up, we lived in a neighborhood that there were just so many kids. There must have been at least 100 on the one street. And we'd all go out as a group together. Only they did it like the kids would go to trick-or-treat and get the candy. Only the dads would have it arranged. Like the dads would be walking, but they'd have – some would stay and some would go. Somehow they'd, they'd exchange drinks like in every house. So by the time we, all the kids got home, the dads would be smashed. <laughs> <laughs> and as a kid, I never really realized what was going on. But it's just now I hear my mother telling the stories and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I really never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat in the shot glass, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Basically, that's what they were doing. <laughs> well, my mother uh, had the best costume, I think, and it was before I moved to Oregon to be with her. She dressed up for work as the Wicked Witch from Snow White, and then she came home and had a bottle or most of a bottle of wine and decided to go trick or treating. So she filled a basket with apples and went door to door in her neighborhood and gave people apples. And she was creepy looking. I mean, she really dressed up as the witch with the long crow nose and the fingernails. And she had a really old mask and everything. And if people wouldn't answer the door, she stared in the window until they came. I mean, she'd watch them. And say, you couldn't have paid me to take an apple from her. I would have been freaked. But she gave away the entire basket of apples. I was amazed. That is so funny. I was really sad I missed it. I've never dressed up for Halloween. One time, we all went trick-or-treating, and we went to this house, and you would never believe who lived there, but our teacher lived there. <laughs> she made us perform for our candy. <laughs> <laughs> we had to sing a song we'd learned or something. I've never dressed up for Halloween. I did dress up for a fancy dress party once. I went as Dorothy for so I've been adding to the costume each year. I got a dress that went with it one year. And last year I bought this really cool sparkly cape. That's been my standard costume for the past several years. Yeah, I take the kids out trick-or-treating and uh, mostly the adults that go out get dressed up too. Oh, okay. I thought it was just kids. I think it's more probably just this neighborhood, but most of the, the moms and dads in uh, this neighborhood get dressed up. So It's like frowned upon. I mean, unless you're taking kids, it's frowned upon to go trick-or-treating after about junior high here. Yeah. Yeah, but the parents, I, 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 in my experience, you get like 
high schoolers trick or treating get dirty looks. Yeah, well, because they don't really come in costume either. They come just because they get yes, they're walking out. Yes, that is my problem. They wear like a mask and their regular clothes. <laughs> they're always these greedy boys. It's Dudley. Smells this year, and he informed me this is the first year he's not coming trick or treating with my husband and I. He's going with his friends this year. So it's like, oh, here we go with the kids. He can wear a costume. <laughs> No, he's got he's got a werewolf costume actually. He's asked to be a werewolf Good. for the past I don't know probably since he's in first grade. He's asked to be a werewolf, and I've never let him because I hate those rubber masks that come with the werewolf costumes. And I'm like, you're gonna get hot, and you can't see, and the whole thing. And that, no, no, and finally I was like, all right, fine, just do it. And- Oh yeah, I was in the third grade. I was a witch, and I made my mother buy this hideous mask, and I didn't wear it on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't wear it. It wasn't a witch's mask at all. It was like green phantom type of thing. Looking back now, I have no idea why it was considered a witch's costume. It wasn't a woman's face. It was like indiscriminate, scary mask face. My mom loves Halloween. She's hysterical, and for the last seven or eight years, she's dressed up as a fortune teller and actually goes and tells fortunes we discuss all the things we needed to cover we need to do gyms i love how he included you a lot (laughs) (laughs) no i was gonna say a lot of little lines that you see in a gazillion like Ginny turned as red as a tomato there's silly little things but if you just kind of really carefully look through there you'll find them scattered throughout the thing it's pretty funny so we're gonna talk about this thing we're actually gonna talk about a thing awesome yay not really a Halloween theme at all, other than the fact that it's Deathly Hollows. What is Deathly Hollows with Halloween? Just the way Halloween is kind of central throughout the whole series. Okay, Deathly Hollows an interview by the Seeker. The author puts themselves into the story. So the theme or the basis of this story is that this is a fanfic author, won a contest, and gets to interview JKR after Deathly Hollows has been released. And not only that, but is also going to get to meet the fictional friends it's not really going to be the actors, but it's going to be people that are going to be there for him to interview, just like they were really Harry Potter or Ginny or, or the different people. And even the dead ones are coming back so he can interview them. The interview, okay, I'll be talking to all these people, but not Percy. Um, Charlie's missing. And Bill was, Bill was at St. Mungo's, right, sure thing, where Fleur was delivering their third set of male toys. <laughs> <laughs> They've been busy. So he's he doesn't know when he's going to get to go to this interview because it's top secret. And, you know, JKR has, has to keep her secrecy because if it gets out, then they'll be mobbed. And he's sitting at his computer and he hears a pop behind him and all of a sudden the world goes dark. And when he comes to, he's sitting across from her. He brings out all these cliches. It starts with Harry. He looked like a combination of Dan Radcliffe and the drawings done by... Whoever that Mary, how do you say that? Mary Grumpy. Grumpy. Okay, but in three dimensions, you know, not flat. (laughs) With a messy shock of raven coloured hair, which most people call black. (laughs) His eyes were starting green, but not like freshly pickled toads, more like grass, and it's really healthy. He put this all in. Famously freckled face. She has a famously freckled face. 
<laughs> They're all kind of sitting around in, in comfy chairs. I, I love that he says, Harry, may I call you Harry? And the young man's like, of course, that's my name. He says, you seem so real. And uh, Pandemonium, Pan- I can't say it, breaks out because they really are real. And he's already guessed it. <laughs> I love where he says, I can play this game if he wants to think he's Harry. That's what I'll call him. <laughs> yeah. And it says, it always does, doesn't it? He said somewhat resignedly. For some reason, that phrase sounded strangely familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just said it like three paragraphs before. <laughs> Again, I think it's a lot of us pick writers. I think it was really good. How could you not think they were real when Tonks is over there turning pink, red, puce, scarlet, and magenta? Or is it fuchsia? <laughs> you know, and she turns all the different <laughs> colors. And then it turns out that they had told her what to write, and they had this whole storyline planned out. And she wrote two fix, and she snuck in the second one and made them look, you know, kind of bad. And they're all mad at her. And she's just like filing her nails in the corner and just smirking at him. This is like power of truth all over again. (laughs) (laughs) This accent startled me. I don't know why. I know they're British. I guess I just expected him to talk normally. You know, like an American. (laughs) (laughs) Book that was published wasn't one that you authorized? No way! Uh, what I meant to say was that at least some of our actions open to less than flattering interpretations. And that makes me think of some of the ways that some people interpret fanfic is insane. I just, I'm, I'm looking at them. How did you get there? <laughs> like yeah. the Snake Lupin imprint that I stumbled over. I'm like, how did you get the idea? Empreg aside, the Snape and Lupin would be interested in engaging in a relationship. <laughs> they don't like each other. They are civil because they worked that year in Prison of Azkaban. They're in the same job. They're civil in the Order of the Phoenix. I'm like, how did you come to the conclusion that they'd want to be in a romantic relationship? I just don't know how people get to these places that they're in. I like this part. Harry's talking the worst parts, and I know Joe did them on purpose, but when me and Hermione were on our own after Ron abandoned us, I'd never have done that, Ron. We know, Ron. <laughs> Every time me and her, Hermie, I love it, Hermie apparated, Joe had us holding hands and she had us with our arms around each other several times. Do you have any idea how disgusting that is? And then it turns out she's his cousin. Well, she's not a first cousin. <laughs> I think she's the second cousin through my mum's side. Yeah. Well, again, that's Chris- the whole I mean, all the, there's a lot of long lost relationship fakes out there, too. Yeah. <laughs> And I love Joe fell out of her chair laughing her ass off. Can I say that here? Hermione's mom's name was Chrysanthemum. <laughs> we covered up our connection by saying Hermione was a muggleborn. Or as Malfoy teases her a mudblood. <laughs> we really wondered about those fans who thought me and Hermie should be together. Aren't there laws against that? <laughs> Even the nickname, the Hermie. Hermie. The most of you see call her Myony. They always try to shorten it that way. But I've never once in canon was Hermione's nickname ever shortened ever. I don't think so. Ever, no, never, never, except by Grop. Yeah, except by Grop. did it. By Grop, right? That's true. (laughs) But um, here's the bit that you're talking about: the tomato. Ron yelled, "Oi, Potter, stop snogging my baby sister in public!" (laughs) Everyone ignored him except Ginny, who turned red as a tomato and returned to her seat between her parents. Her eyes glistened with unshed tears, like sparkling (laughs) stars. (laughs) 
<laughs> and poor Dumbledore. He's had a stroke, and all he does is sit and drool. And of course, her highness dropped that theme in her seventh book, which she wanted to call the seventh poor crux, but apparently that title was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder who could have used that title. I'm just thinking, you know, imagine if she had been going to call it Harry Potter and the Seventh Book. How would that legally go? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm in a conundrum here. Could she order Melinda to change the name of her fic? Or does she just go, oh, I can't use it? You know what I mean? Sometimes after the title was released, people would write a fic with the canon title. Yeah, like there was the a ton of Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, there's Order of the okay. Phoenix. Everybody's trying to guess what the Order of the Phoenix was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. like, so there are ones out there like that anyway. Oh, yeah. There's it's actually a bunch of names so that you actually put, like, you know, you have to buy the, the copyright copyright yeah. to a certain. There was a whole slew of them that they because they try to hide whatever the actual real title is going to be. So, yeah, There's it was like Forest of like Shadows or something. Seven Horcrux was one of the titles on there. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that would have been really confusing, though, if that had been the real title. And then we'd have the two <laughs> books, the book and the fix. Like, which one are you talking about? And I would have been looking at the book going, oh, Joe's got it wrong. It's not the seventh Horcrux. Harry's not a Horcrux. <laughs> a person can, however, be a Horcrux. You just know, I always wonder, do you remember when she did that Harry Carry and Garbs talk in New York? And we didn't have a title yet at that point, but she had pretty much narrowed it down, but she said she just changed it the morning when she was doing that thing, and she just changed it by something brief. I always wondered, did we ever find out what that other title was that she changed it that so close to the end? Does anyone remember what I'm talking about? I don't know know what you're talking about. I know that one stage... She was going to call it Harry Potter and the Elder Wand, and then she went, oh, that really keeps it away, and she changed it. <laughs> oh, right. I heard I that. I read that at some point. I know she said, before the book came out, she said there were two deaths that had not been planned and someone who got a reprieve. And I know she said Remus and Tonks were the deaths that had not been planned, but did we, did we ever find out who she was, was going to kill? Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. She was going to kill, kill him in five. Oh, okay. I assume this... The context of that remarks was about DH, so I assumed it was in DH. But yeah, a lot of people did, but she actually clarified it a bit later, saying she meant it was Arthur. She planned to kill him off in book five, and then when it came to writing it, she couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. She couldn't kill off Harry's last well, she also because she, that he was the only positive father figure she had written, so she didn't want to kill him off like yes. all the mother so that figures. Would be, that would be a lot of death in one book because I mean I guess if she killed off Arthur do you think Sirius would still die? Uh, yeah I think Sirius would still die and Dumbledore was still slated to die for Half-Blood Prince mm-hmm. and of course Remus is quite absent so even if she hadn't planned to kill him off at that point in Deathly Hallows he was quite absent because in much of it especially Half-Blood Prince so I mean Harry would have been left with Nobody. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that she didn't kill off Arthur. I love her. Apparently, Joe doesn't like writing romance. So she talked Molly and Arthur into keeping Ginny and Harry apart so that she wouldn't have to write the romance, the love scenes. And the way that she did that was she bribed Arthur by letting him live. And she bribed Molly by letting her get out of the kitchen and kill a Bellatrix. <laughs> Hi, Scott. All right. Hi. I actually did make one comment earlier, but at that point I think I was muted. So, oh well. Oh. <laughs> I like this. The final confrontation with Voldemort, it was boring, anticlimactic, and confusing. Tell me why you feel that way. First, that's not how it happened. <laughs> what? 
The real duel was spectacular. <laughs> I'm not sure I would have liked that story either, though, because apparently he uh, stored up all the wondrous love from everybody and blasted him with the shining light of his um, emotion. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know. Depending on the author, that could come across well, but... I I think it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, though. (laughs) This whole thing is... I love the description of Voldemort. No snake-like, red-eyed, chrome-domed string bean. (laughs) (laughs) You have one hour. Molly is apparently a Hufflepuff ninja hugger, because on her way across... Breaks people's ribs. Yeah, on her way across the room, she breaks ribs. Get off me, Mom! (laughs) Run squeals in a falsetto. Hi, Molly, talk to me. I finally got out of the kitchen, she did a jig. Six books, six, and all I did was cook and break ribs with my hugs, like I was some freaking domestic goddess or something. But in Joe's last story, I finally got to kick some arse. When I battled Bella at Hogwarts, six years of frustration were released. <laughs> They'll no, never no, give me. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never would lose it. Yeah, we thought it was obvious that we're together, but she changed it. Like, I think it wasn't really clear. Oh well, you know, I, I got to act my age. And oh, do you think slicing off Nagini's head with the sword smacked of sexual imagery? <laughs> <laughs> Dolores Jane Umbridge, dazed and confused. I had my own chapter. What happened to me? Did I win? Did I get to be <laughs> minister of... Did I become minister ministerette? Does anyone know? <laughs> <laughs> that she gets escorted firmly out. And then we have Minnie. And again, we have a, a nod to Melinda in this one. Minnie and Dumbledore were lovers. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps getting confused and referring to herself as Maggie. Let me get to Arthur. I wasn't supposed to die in book five, so I'm ecstatic with what happened in the series at book seven. <laughs> I am a little bummed at losing Fred, but John just looks just like him. We're just like cloning <laughs> Since I always dress the same, it's going to be that bigger deal. How many 20-year-old twins still dress the same? I, I think that when I see them in movies, that they're dressed the same all the time. I'm like, they put it. But on the other hand, they might just for laughs. I can see Fred and George doing it just They to... don't unless they're trying to confuse people. Yeah, I can yeah. see them This is why they have people. the sweaters with letters on them. Mm-hmm. Really op- they yeah. the opposite one. But I mean, I can see Fred and George. You know, most twins don't want to dress like each other. It's like, oh, I can see Fred and George doing it for fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just to yeah. be obnoxious. And switching classes. <laughs> Uh, you know what I like here? They're talking to you, Thompson Remus. Yes. Did dying bother either of you? Thompson <laughs> tripped over my toe, but Remus caught it. Thanks, Wolfie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> How could uh, Joe have written that he, you know, rant about marrying me and bringing a child into the world? Does anyone feel Remus, the most thoughtful and slow-moving character in this series, would make any decision as important as those without thoroughly thinking them through. Yeah, there's a point to that. So. You never know. Maybe he got tired of being thoughtful and slow moving. Oh, yes. The twins went to um, Muggle University and have medical degrees and law degrees, MBAs. Well, you know, they were bored. They, they needed to be challenged. And Ron, who are you guys and what did you do with my brothers? Uh, here's where they're changing it. You seem so different from your canon personalities. We thought it would be humorous to change our personalities by 180 degrees. <laughs> That's what I mean. I could see them dressing identically on purpose because they would think it would be humorous to do so, even if they were 25. Yeah. Darius finally comes in too and says, hey, dog, how's it hanging? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Molly calls him dog face. <laughs> then it's Joe admits face. that she can't write romantic relationships scenes or dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> all heck breaks loose and all of a sudden, silence! And they look over and Dumbledore's back on his feet. It's the old Dumbledore. Dumbledore. In a first movie moment. Which, instead, that's the Halloween bit of the thing right there. That bit right there. That's Halloween. He does that. And Joe admits that she reads fanfic. I think she does. I mean, what do you want to know? I mean, I'm very quiet at this point going, that probably reads a lot of fanfic. That's all she did between book four and five is read fanfiction. I think it's in one of the PAU podcasts. <laughs> I think she would now, just to see, but I don't I know that was, she I would have while she was writing. So it. curious, yeah. I don't think she could have. It. I don't think she ever could admit that she did. But I guess she has to have. This. I don't think that you would be this famous with such a big, like, thick audience and not want to know. Well, she said she did, but she said it uh, made her sort of uncomfortable, like someone had come into your house and rearranged all your furniture. I remember that she'd read it, she stopped reading it. I think that was the reason. She'd seen some of it, but it ultimately wasn't something that she was interested in reading a lot of. (laughs) (laughs) For for that sort of reason. It'd be really weird to see your characters change so much. I think in canon-esque stories it wouldn't be so bad, but if I was JKR and I came across Snape, Lupin, Emperor Halloween, because it's so far removed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think there'd be some things that you could, you know, deal with. But people write it in, in character. But <laughs> And there's some really kinky stuff out there, you know? I think that freaks me out. And I didn't even write it. Don't lie. And then they're talking about the Scottish book. Oh, we are publishers. We're going to write an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, none of your Scarlet Woman activities until you're married. <laughs> Molly, can it? You got out of the kitchen, but you got to Jill. Now let the kids alone. <laughs> Yay! And Harry whispers something in Ginny's ear. She burrowed her head into the crook where his shoulder and neck met, which is a favourite place in fan fiction. It's used to attract freak writers like iron shavings to a magnet. Hands <laughs> <laughs> up, who's done that? <laughs> Do you want a date? <laughs> Well, you be my girlfriend. So they walk off towards the sunset. An interesting occurrence since we were indoors. And of course, we have to have the uh, emotional range of a teaspoon line in here. That's a fun pick. It was a little strange. I don't know if I agree with all his points, but it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed that one. Night of the Giant Pumpkins. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to mention that one. Seeing as you wrote it, was fun. I had my arm twisted on that one. That was based loosely on uh, the uh, pumpkins in the Shoebox series, because they had the giant pumpkins in that, too. And I noticed the Sleepy Hollows one, or the Hogwarts Hollows one, that they had poor Flitwick attacked by pumpkins, too. So he, He's just a magnet for pumpkins. He is. He's, he's a good pumpkin knows. target. Potterfic Weekly, finding new sentence constructions every three weeks. Did you know, though, that like basically every sentence you say you've never said before? That's something I learned in my linguistics class. Yeah, a lot of them, there's at least some difference. Depends on whether you're telling stories, though. You often tell the same story the same way. Yeah. 
And there's like little phrases that, you know, you say the same way every time. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have little catchphrases that they say a lot. Now I'm like watching myself, making sure I don't say the same sentence over and over again. <laughs> oh, I do all the time. All the time. I do that neck thing where they put their head <laughs> in the neck. I noticed that a few chapters ago, I think. Because everyone has decided to read my fic. Now that it's finished. You know, I spent two years trying not to get people to read that thing. I don't have a fic. Who's reading my fic? <laughs> I read it. Yeah, I know you read it. Have we uh, got any more fics? Horace Leghorn and the Cauldron of Secrets? Oh, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good fic. Yeah. I, I understand how she feels. Yeah. Tessa and I can commiserate. It's like being under a microscope. Tessa and I can commiserate. We talked about her fics, you know? What? Poor Melinda. She didn't want to talk about her fic that she just wrote either. It's so. so old. It's so old. It's so... Like, I, it's, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, Tessa and Melinda, but, like, you look at something that you wrote a long time ago, and, like, there's this part of your brain that just wants to rewrite it, and you just twitch. Oh, God, you can't stop and edit it right as you go. Like, oh, yes, God, look at that. So, look at that. I mean, <laughs> I you so, so badly want to rewrite the whole thing. No, I'm, I'm perfect. I don't want to edit my stuff. It's fine the way it is. <laughs> no, that's not true. I did re-edit the first about 12 chapters of Rebuilding Life. Just little things. Just little things. Most of the time, I can no, never actually do that. I just sort of stare at it and go, no, no, I wish I could read this. But I would never actually have the courage to, like, take it down and put it back up. Oh, well. No, I don't ever look at it, though, and go, oh, I want to change it. There's little things. Like, there, there's typos in this. There's typos. I listen to it, so I miss all the typos. What is the text reader do, though, when there's a typo and it can't figure out what the word is? Most of the time, it, it does okay. It kind of just does it. The, the really hard ones are um, words like sun at the end of a sentence, because that comes out as Sunday. That took me quite some time to figure out, because I was like... Oh, it's just a period. Right. It's S-U-N, period. And that's like when when Ryan was saying there was some fic where they were calling Neville Nevada. They were yep. calling him yeah, Nev. They were calling him Nev. period at the end of it, and so it would say it Nevada. In the Seekers fic that we just had, when Tonks falls off, she says it's S and then star star T, and it, it just reads that out. If it's in capitals, it spells it, which is not good for me because then I have to figure out what it's spelling. It'll be like caps lock, Harry yells for a paragraph, but it'll be spelled out. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It always reads T-E-A-R-S as tears. Yeah. Even though I think it's usually tears. Like, I think t- tear- tears is even more often than tears. So they'll be like, there, there yeah. were tears in Ginny's eyes. And I'm like, poor Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> right, someone, someone link me to P.S.'s fic, even though she doesn't want us to cover it. It's one that Jen actually read out loud for the last Halloween story. That's because she was second place in the fic contest. Yeah. Uh. And she she actually read out the typo, which is why I'm so embarrassed about them. She read out the typo. Where is the typo? I want to know where this this typo is. It's nose, but there's an S on the end, so it it makes it sound like he has two noses. (laughs) Yeah, I remember this one. They're having a a Halloween ball. That was the rules. I mean, I I, I just wanted to put that out there publicly that I wouldn't, like, arbitrarily 
make a hollow people because I actually hate that cliche. But they made that was one of the that was the big contest. Was yeah. yeah. Because that's what it was for, was our first Halloween ball in 2007. And it's where he gets together with, how do you say it, his little friend that you put him with, your little OC. What's his name? How do you you say know, I've name? never had to say it out loud. The My French pronunciation is awful, but I think it's something like Leonid. The text reader says it as Leonide. But that's not what it Why is. Why can't we just call him Leo? Okay. <laughs> Okay, you can call him Leo. It starts out with Horace being very unlucky. And oh, yes, oh, yes, I feel it's, it's also in the kids all coming back to me. <laughs> I can barely recall, but it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> and all of a sudden, three lucky things happen. And, and one of them is that this professor is coming to be a, an exchange professor. See, and that's what I liked about it, because it tied in the canon with the Felix and everything. Mm -hmm. Like This is was the it. first time we took Felix Felicis when he was 24. Yeah. Or however old she is, 24. I love the tongue-in-cheek stuff when they get to the Halloween ball where their uh, Galatea Mary thought brought up the Halloween ball. I love balls, so you not know, turn to Horace. We just see what kind of balls you have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for reading that out loud, Melinda. <laughs> 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 Brian's going to have a new sound bite. Big brassy balls. But at least like by the end, Horace is lucky again. I like how the person that he gets it from, he had ordered it from Hector Dagworth Granger. It's like slipping in the Granger. Dagworth Granger is a canon guy. Is he? Because in their first potions class, it's like, oh, I'm not a you related to See, this is where PS3 detail-oriented. Yes. She has a clipboard. He gets lucky in all sorts of ways. Yes. Gets lucky. <laughs> oh, lucky him. You're lucky. He's lucky. I'm lucky. We're all lucky. Great, <laughs> okay, thank you. But that happens afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun one. I liked it a lot. Thank you. Arbitrarily have a Halloween ball. The only yeah. time in seven years of canon that they had a ball was the Triwizard Tournament Yule Ball. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yule Ball is for the Triwizard Tournament. But I guess it works for fake challenges. That's why I wanted to make sure everyone knew that it was because <laughs> the challenge said that there had to be a ball, not because I think there arbitrarily are random balls. I could see it happening if someone becomes headmaster who was there at the Yule Ball and really enjoyed it. They decide to establish a new tradition or something. Like, say Neville becomes the headmaster, and he had a great time at the Yule Ball, so he decides everyone should have a ball and uh, puts it in as the new thing. They're really light on the parties and stuff, really, in Canada. Really yeah, they, they have parties in their common rooms after, like, Quidditch matches and things like yeah. that, but they don't and do one Halloween feast, but there castle-wide stuff. There's no more Halloween feasts. I just assumed that they had them and they didn't write about it. Me? <laughs> I just... I, that Nothing major like happened they only on those ones. Sang mm -hmm. the school song once. I'm sure they didn't randomly decide yeah. to sing the school song only once ever, and then it happened to be in the first book. I think they yeah. probably always <laughs> sang it and just never showed it. Yeah, have you seen the DVD? Uh, the bits that they take out of the DVD where they're singing the song. I think it's um, I can't remember which movie it is, but in the deleted scenes, 
where they're singing the still song. It might be Order of the Phoenix. Is that the one where yeah. Trelawney's In Prisoner of Azkaban, they sing a Macbeth song. They sing, like, they sing the witches. Yeah, devil, devil. Sing from mm-hmm. That's a little weird. And, and Flitwick be- becomes the choir director. Yes, and... After having got a random. teacher pay. But what happened was, wait, I just learned this because he's on Twitter now and somebody yeah. asked him about it and yeah, he, and he said that they just randomly asked him to be the choir director and he said, sure, I, I will. And then when the next movie came along, they, they liked his looks as the choir director so much that they incorporated into his character, into Flitwick's character. Oh, so like Flitwick and the choir director aren't technically the same person, right? They no, were they were supposed to be two different people. They were supposed they to be different. Decided okay, they that makes me feel a little better about it, even though there's not supposed to be. A choir. Well, that makes more sense because they changed it radically, <laughs> very radically changed. Yeah, Flitwick like we're all going to say, what are you? <laughs> he became a rather vertically challenged Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done all the except for. We, done the ball? Uh, we haven't done Richards. Oh, we need to do Richards. What's w- Richards? Wish Upon a Pumpkin. Oh, and he's got horrifying shoes. <laughs> Flitwick. Horrifying shoes. <laughs> Flitwick, not Richard. Okay, that's what <laughs> <laughs> When have you seen Richard's shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he's all dressed up in a muggle tux and stuff in this, so I would think he'd have nice shoes, but, you know. I forgot that his name used to be Lonely. So I liked the way that this started with um, the ball being announced and somebody and, you know, you're joking, Dumbledore, rang out a voice. And I assure you, Mr. Potter, I'm not joking. And you're supposed to think it's Harry and it turns out that it's James. So I liked that. And it's a callback to the scene with uh, the original Triwizard Tournament. Right. And the twins. the twins did. Yeah. And then he tried to tell the same sort of joke. Yeah, this one incorporates a lot of the people from the RPG at the forum. Uh, I like that when he's kind of slinking around down by the Slytherin corridor, because he's not quite sure where they're coming from, but he's waiting for Tay and and Bellatrix Black comes out, and she hates him and he hates her because they dated a while ago and it didn't end well. (laughs) Flirtation going on there, even though they hate each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't have any mention of Snape, as far as I know. Might expect from Richard, but oh, of course, Snape is stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm so stupid. I'm just expecting Snape teacher, but no, no, of course, Snape is a student. So he wants this ball to be very special. He has special plans for it. So he talks James and Lily into doing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and enchanting things and charming things, so that when he gets to the ball, everything's all set up, and all he has to do is touch the pumpkin and it becomes a carriage and things like that. And, and But first, the, like I said earlier, they're dressed in muggle gear. You know, I'm listening to it on the I speak. And so they decided to go dressed as muggles. And my brain went, what, jeans and a t-shirt? And then they described the, the tux and all of that stuff. So, but it was funny because both times I listened to it, I thought, muggle clothes, that's weird. And then what? oh, okay. When they described the tux. Muggle fancy clothes. Fancy clothes. And he's got a ring. And I like how he's spotting some of the other people with their costumes. And the Marilyn Monroe lookalike must have been another Muggleborn. Things like that. They do have odd costumes, but uh, the wizards wouldn't necessarily know all the famous Muggle people and just decide to go as them. 
So I've seen that in a couple of other places where everybody is suddenly dressing up as teen movie star or something that you wouldn't expect them to have any reason for knowing of. So the pumpkin turns into a carriage and they go for a, a nice little ride around the grounds so that they can uh, arrive fashionably late to the party. And he proposes and she walks out and he's crushed, but he goes after her and they work it all out. Yeah. I like that it turns out to be his favorite band that's playing. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. I want to hold your hand. Yesterday, love was such an easy game to play. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. The Beatles have come back just to play at Hogwarts. Somebody's been pulling some strings. <laughs> yeah, they put a spell on them. At any rate, they have a fight and she runs out. Then they manage to make up. Of course, end off with the swooping kiss, which causes wolf whistles from the rest of the people at the ball. Mm -hmm. I know I got a big kick how Richard basically stole Harry and Ginny's scene. <laughs> Richard, yeah. that's you who claims you're not a Harry Jane shipper. <laughs> Should we hit Wayne a Muggle Halloween again? It's a, the ball announcement. And I like that he's incorporating all the different things that they did for the ball, or at least parts of it, because there's the Jeopardy, which I know they played for the first Halloween ball, uh, the dunking for apples. I don't know if that was there or not, but the banner contest, Twister, and... Yeah, uh, we didn't do Twister. <laughs> darn, I was looking forward to hearing about that. He incorporated the candy corn, the muggle candy that yeah. they gave away as uh, prizes for doing different right. things, and then... All and of I remember at the time, they changed like the points, so you get candy corn, and I'm sitting there going, what's candy corn? I don't <laughs> even know what candy corn is, and <laughs> People had to explain oh, it to yeah. me. It's basically sugar pressed into a form. Basically, yeah. with three different colors. Yeah. yeah, it's white on the top, and then orange, and then yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, I have some right here. Harry has learned from previous fix or canon or whatever, and the minute the ball's announced, he asks Ginny if she'll go with him, and Ron, who has not learned this lesson, is totally oblivious and Simply doesn't ask. Whoops. You aren't going with anyone Dear else. <laughs> Through the whole thing, they're trying to get Ron and Hermione right, kind of to together. together. Harry and Ginny go as Arthur and Genarva. In other words, I can't say. Guinevere. 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 See, I can't read my notes. 
because they're handwritten and I can't read uh, my writing. But that seems to be a common has, theme. It has good creature in it, which um, I guess we must have known about that already or something. The fall of 07, so we had DH. Yeah. This was right after yeah. the case. He hands them their uh, trick-or-treating bags, go collect candy. Yeah, and Hermione's not interested at all. Don't want those house elves doing those things. Ron has gone as Frankenstein, which is interesting. I wouldn't have thought he would know. So I have a question. I have a question. In all these fics, everyone keeps dressing up all the time, dressing up, dressing up, dressing up. Is that because that's what you do at Halloween? Like, all parties and everything you dress up? Yes. Yeah. Is it automatically like a a fancy dress? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a costume party. Call it fancy dress. Not <laughs> not so much fancy dress. It's not just fancy dress. it's costumes. So, so it but could that's be. Not, but that's what we call them here. Okay, because to me, fancy dress that's would be like British uh, Commonwealth version of fancy dress is costumes. Yeah, fancy yeah. dress, I would think of black tie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ball gowns and black tie. What do you? Costume party or fancy dress? Costume. Costume party. party. We would probably call it that too, but we're aware of the other definition because, (laughs) you know, we've got British roots. I've heard costume party before, but it wasn't until we were just talking just then that I realized no one else was saying fancy dress and I realized how different my vernacular was. (laughs) (laughs) Because fancy as an adjective itself just means sort of elaborate and really nice. Yeah. Anyway, back to the thing. They've gone in fancy dress to the costume party. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know where Ron picked up Frankenstein, but Hermione is Glinda from... The Wizard of Oz. The Good Witch. And, has, and Dean wins Best Banner, which makes a certain amount of sense. Because mm-hmm. he's the only one we've ever seen in canon making a banner. And what they send her, Ron and Hermione, <laughs> to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. <laughs> with and the blood cake. Until they kiss and make it. Why wouldn't you just send to a broom cupboard? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that is not the most romantic place to send someone. Yeah, Ron's <laughs> Evening. 
It <laughs> is. Know, sort of. Well, not all the times, but a large range of times when Halloween has featured in a Harry Potter fantasy. I don't know if it's actually true. I'm sort of making this up, but you can almost see whether the author is British or American by whether or not people are dressing in costumes in Halloween. Yes, in a lot of I've noticed that. I- if they're not dressing up and stuff, they're usually not American. If they suddenly start dressing up and all that sort of stuff, they're American. I that makes sense. didn't have dressing up and I'm American because I know they don't dress yes. up. Yes. Oh, not all American authors write the dress-up thing, but most authors who do write the dress-up thing will be American. Yeah, see, it wouldn't occur to me to do a costume thing for, for a Halloween thing. If I was going to write a Halloween thing or a thing, it wouldn't occur to me to put costume in it, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be relevant. But there's nothing wrong with costume parties, because, like, you could randomly have a costume party, you know? Yeah, costume party, I would randomly, sure, but I wouldn't automatically make a Halloween one a costume Right. I might do it, but it wouldn't be automatic for me. Well, it doesn't show up in canon. Halloween in canon features things like the pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and swooping bats and that sort of ambience. And the one trick or treating kid in Deathly Hallows. (laughs) Might be a stray stray American. (laughs) It's the exchange student. (laughs) It's a very suit. (laughs) These were all really fun. I, I enjoyed looking at and finding all the different Halloween fix that uh, we'd found. And I liked that a lot of the ones that we featured were from people on the forums. Yay! So who do, who do we feature from the forum? Uh, Richard? Richard? Brian? Brian? Yes. Yes. Brian? Mine, very briefly. And I think that was it. I will admit that I was surprised how good mine was just because it's been so long since I've written Harry Potter or looked at my Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Good night, everybody. Good night. Have fun trick-or-treating. Good night. Come with us and you will see This is all of Halloween This is Halloween This is Halloween But you'll scream in the middle of the night This is Halloween Everybody make a scene Trick-or-treat Keep each other safe Keep faith Good night